0: Entrepreneur on fire 575 failures aha moments. I've made it moments and the lightning round seven days a week join John Lee Dumas and today's entrepreneur on fire taking control of your business means finding the best possible processes for your business. Go to evoice.com and get $5 off every month for life when you enter promo code fire. That's evoice.com promo code fire. Start achieving your personal and professional goals today with access to over two thousand video courses for free for seven days. Visit lynda.com/EOF to try lynda.com for free for seven days. That's l y n d a dot slash e o f. Okay, Fire Nation, let's get started. I am simply thrilled to introduce my guest today, Ryan Holiday. Ryan, are you prepared to ignite?
1: I am. I'm very excited to be back.
0: Yes. Ryan is a media strategist and prominent writer on strategy in business. After dropping out of college at 19 to apprentice under author Robert Green, he wanted to advise many best selling authors and multi platinum musicians. He's the director of marketing at American Apparel, where his campaigns have been used as case studies by Twitter, YouTube, Google, and written about in Ad Age, New York Times, and Fast Company. Ryan's latest book, The Obstacle is the Way The Timeless Art of Turning. Trials into Triumph was released by Penguin on May 1st. And he's also the best selling author of Trust Me, I'm Lying and Growth Hacker Marketing. Wow, Ryan, I've given our listeners just a little overview. So take a minute. Tell us about you personally, because we want to get to know you. Then give us an overview of what you have going on right now.
1: I'm a writer. I consult with all sorts of high level businesses and, and public figures. Um, But on the side, I've always been enamored with this Roman philosophy known as uh, Stoicism. And it's what helped me accomplish, you know, writing three books before my, you know, 27th birthday. It's what allowed me to to work in this high-pressure, high-stakes environment. Um, And it's something I've been studying on the side for a long time. And now I'm ideally hoping to transition to and and I'm I'm hoping to spread and evangelize it to other people who I think – could use the lessons the way that I was fortunate enough to be able to use them, you know, starting when I was 19 years old. Um, And uh, yeah, I think I'm one of those people where like a lot of writers tend not to be doers and a lot of doers don't have time to be writers. And I've been fortunate enough to be able to both write professionally um, and work with really interesting clients and sort of test what I write about in the, in the real world.
0: So Ryan, almost 18 months ago to the day, you debuted on Entrepreneur on Fire. Since that time, we've interviewed 565 other guests and you are only our eighth repeat. So I was really excited you know, when your team reached out because I loved having you on for the first time. And we talked a lot about your book, Trust Me, I'm Lying. And now to talk about your book that you just published here on May 1st, The Obstacle is the Way, because you just really have a way to getting to the core of issues and to really kind of hitting it home for me as an entrepreneur. But before we dive into the book specifically, Ryan, we are still going to start off with a success goal because Fire Nation loves it. It gets that more motivational ball rolling so take it away
1: can i do two because i got two favorites sure all right so the first uh there's one that i based the book on and that's um the impediment to action advances action what stands in the way becomes the way that's what i wrote the whole book about that quotes from marcus aurelius and then the other one is from seneca who's a uh, Who's a, a, another Stoic philosopher? And he and I actually have this. I'm staring at it. It's framed and it's on my wall in front of my desk. Cool. It says, "Some lack the fickleness to live as they wish and just live as they have begun." And so in my in my life, I've been successful. And I've been able to do really cool things, but each one of those came from me quitting or leaving or deciding that I'd done enough in something else that previously I thought was very cool. So like I I like that quote because I think a lot of times people become successful at something and they feel obligated to like do it for the rest of their life. You know, you get into a good college, you think like, okay, I have to graduate, I studied this thing, so now I have to get a job in that field, or I've done that. Like, I really urge people to to, to think of their life more in sort of spurts, it's like, this is what I'm doing right now, I'm going to be amazing at it. And when I'm tired of it, and I'm ready to do something else. I'm going to apply that the same skills that made me successful here into something else. And, you know, fickleness in that way is a good thing. It means you're being picky with your time. And I think life is too short to be anything but picky with your time.
0: So Ryan, before we dive into the book, give us a real life example. Take us down to the moment where you actually applied this mentality, this mantra to your life.
1: So with a fickleness, look, I, I, I dropped out of college when I was 19 years old. I was a successful executive in Hollywood. I decided that wasn't for me, uh, at, even though I, you know, I could have continued to do it and make a lot of money. I was the director of marketing at American Apparel. I had everything I thought I wanted in life. And then I realized I wanted to be a writer. And I wrote these books. Um... You know, for me, it's about, um, you know, again, pursuing excellence while you have it, but not feeling like just because you've achieved excellence, you must do it forever. And I I want people to be willing to reconsider and question their assumptions. You know, my, my book, Trust Me, I'm Lying, was about me exposing a world and tactics and strategies that I developed that were worth a lot of money. But I decided that, to become a writer, I had to sort of burn all of that down. And I was I was willing to do so um, rather than just continue with the status quo indefinitely.
0: Ryan, the obstacle is the way the timeless art of turning trials into triumph. Who is this book for?
1: I wanted it to be for anyone who is trying to do something like, you know, I think it's funny. People hear philosophy and they think, oh, that's what college professors do. Oh, that's for academics. That's for, you know, theorists. Well, Stoicism was designed as a philosophy for men of action, for soldiers, for politicians, for leaders. Um, the, the idea of a philosopher was once how one lived their life. And so what I do is I take in the book, I take all the people who have applied Stoic philosophy, whether they're, you know, for former U S presidents, whether they're aviators, whether they're entrepreneurs, um, whether they're soldiers whatever it is that they are. And I look at those stories and I show how we can apply them in our own lives. So me as a businessman and as an executive and as a, you know, an employer of people, I've had to think about these strategies. I've also had to think about them as a writer when I'm sitting there and You know, something bad happens to me and I have to decide how am I going to use this? How can I derive some benefit from it? How can I, you know, harness the destructive impulses that we all have that keep us from doing our work and, you know, channel that energy into a productive end that helps me, you know, produce the, the, the art that I want to produce with my life.
0: So Ryan, I've read your previous books, and I got a lot of great intel about them because they were really focused on marketing and different marketing tactics and some really cool things that you exposed. Now, this book is different, and you tell stories, and you, you, know, you focus on different parts of the entrepreneurial journey. What made you go in this different direction?
1: A lot of things. This is, this is, it's not just, this book is not me preaching to people about what I've done. Stoicism is designed to be a set of practical exercises that help us with the problems that we have in our lives. So I wrote this book as much as a reminder to myself about what I need to focus on with the problems and obstacles that I face in my own life. And then hopefully other people get benefit. From that as well. And that's sort of the tradition of writers who have written about stoicism. That's, that's what they do. That's what I was trying to do with this book. Um, but look, if, if there's one thing that we all have in common in our lives, whether rich or poor or uh, successful or not successful or white or black or whatever, um, we, we all deal with the fact that the world does not behave exactly as how we want it to behave, right? We don't control the world around us as much as we try. What we do control is our actions, our responses to that world. And the people who achieve great things have figured out how to focus their energy exclusive on that variable that they do control, um, rather than wasting time or energy or, you know, um, emotions on the stuff that they do, that they don't control. And I wanted to write a book for people who are trying to do something, they face some obstacle And they lack the framework or the techniques or the strategy or even just the inspiration to not only surmount that obstacle, but possibly and ideally turn it into some benefit or advantage.
0: So Ryan, some amazing and powerful themes that keep cropping up over and over again in these Entrepreneur on Fire interviews where I have these successful guests you know, share failure, share aha moments, and also share current successes is the fact that they've built powerful relationships. They've learned how to network and they nurture those and they value those connections. You know, I look at you know, people who have recommended your book at the very beginning part. And there's James Al Toucher and there's Stephen Pressfield. There's Chris Gillimbo. There's Robert Green. I mean, these are titans of authors in the industry. Share with Fire Nation how you've built your relationships with these people, how you've nurtured them so that they will write, you know, these great recommendations for your book.
1: Sure. So some of them were, were actual mentors to me. So people who I sort of apprenticed under, I trained under, I worked for them, you know, uh, I started working for them for free and we developed a relationship where they started paying me for my time. But I was like, you know, I was Robert Green's assistant. I would do literally anything that he asked to help him do what he does. And, in the process, I, you know, I learned how to write a book, like this book is stories, and I learned how to tell stories from Robert. And so he's obviously willing to blur my book, because, you know, he, um, he believes in it, and he's invested in my success. And so I think that's a crucial part of it. Um, But maintaining relationships with the other authors, um, it's really been about one, I'm a huge fan of their work. And I having my own small audience, have done my best to champion their work in front of my audience. So I've recommended Stephen Pressfield's books a million times. I think The War of Art is one of the best books that I've ever read. I think Chris's book, The $100 Startup, is amazing. You know, James is actually a client of mine who I've worked with. The Authors, like what you've got to remember is that most of the people in the space that you want to be in are in that space because they truly love it. You know, I think sometimes it's hard, like let's say you're an aspiring musician, right? Or this is an example I think we'd get. An aspiring musician, other musicians don't want to, other successful musicians don't want to hold you down and prevent you from being successful. They love good music and they want to support anyone who they feel is doing good art. So I think that's a part of it too. It's not just like, you know, being a good person and helping them out. But if you can make something that other important people are personal fans of That's how you get advocates and patrons for your work who help, you know, expose you to an audience.
0: I love all of these golden nuggets you're sharing right now, Ryan. I mean, they're so powerful on so many levels. And to your Stephen Pressfield point, I mean, this guy, The War of Art is an amazing book. And once I actually read that, I went on a Stephen Pressfield binge and actually just got done with a fiction work of his called The Afghan Campaign, where he talks about, um, you know, Alexander the Great in Afghanistan and that was one of the best fiction books I have ever read I mean right. I loved that book
1: I mean he, he has two amazing books that I, I the War of Art is amazing um, Gates of Fire about the the Spartan soldiers at Thermopylae is also truly amazing and inspiring I'm actually in the middle of his new book right now which is a non-fiction book about the six day war in Israel um, he's just a master of his craft and like I feel like like he's not a mentor of mine in the sense that, like, I don't communicate with him a lot. But he's someone who I have learned so much from, from afar, studying, like, the writing that he does, studying how he crafts his book, you know, listening to, to interviews that he's done, that I've, I've sort of felt this kinship of work for him. So when I made something that I was really proud of, and I believed in, I was willing, I was able to, you know, reach out and say, like, hey, Stephen, like, you know, you probably don't know who I am, but here's my book. Can you let me know what you think? Like, it would mean a lot to me. And he was, you know, he was willing to take that chance, and and it, it paid it off.
0: This is kind of a theme that I'm seeing developing during this interview right here, Ryan, is that you reached out, you offered to give value, you know, at the beginning, and oftentimes for free, to people who you knew that you could get in return. Incredible value, priceless value. You know, with what you did with Robert Greene is, you know, such an inspiration to Fire Nation listeners. So Fire Nation, take that. Who are people in your industry, in your niche that you know could add incredible value to you? Reach out to them. Offer your services, your value, whatever you can do. I mean, all they can say is no. And if they say no, move on to somebody else in that industry. It's a powerful opportunity. And Ryan, the obstacle is the way. Would you consider this a self-help book?
1: You know, I would consider it a manual for like the practical problems of life um for, for entrepreneurs, for business people, for relationships. I think, you know, self-help gets a bad rap, although, you know, if you want another recommendation, the first self-help book, which was written by a man named Samuel Smiles in the eighteen hundreds, called Self-Help, is actually an amazing book. Um, you know, I feel like too much too much of self-help is very mystical and general and it's about sort of hope and And, um, you know, feel goodiness and like what, what I think people actually need are examples and tactics that help them in their lives. Um, and that's why in this book, you know, I turn to history. Um, this isn't a book about my experience. Again, this is a book about the experience of people whose accomplishments we sort of universally respect and acknowledge as being pretty stunning. And then we look at the choices and decisions they made, um, and we see how we can't apply, at the very least, the logic behind them to our own problems.
0: So Ryan, the word stoicism has come up a number of times during our little chat here. Can you take a little time now and share sure. with Fire Nation you know, what stoicism is, how you came to study it, and why it plays such a big factor in this book?
1: Sure so stoicism began as a philosophy in the with the with the Greek and Roman elites uh, but then also with the lower classes it was a philosophy designed for a pretty unpredictable and capricious world that was you know um, the ancient times right people could die people could be executed the emperor could decide to banish you you know it was a it was a a chaotic and difficult time and Like Stoicism was a philosophy that people turned to instead of religion that gave them the sort of discipline and order and set of ethics that allowed them to live productive, happy, successful lives, but also lives where they weren't, you know, seesawing from super happy to super depressed, and they, they were they were able to just deal with the difficulties of of that time. And you actually see throughout history Stoicism as a philosophy has a resurgence during difficult economic and political times. So, you know, the American Revolution, George Washington, Thomas Jefferson were fairly uh, well-known readers of stoicism. During the Civil War, uh, you see stoicism uh, sort of make a resurgence. Um, During the Victorian era, you see more of it again. During World War II, you see it. You also see it now in the Silicon Valley with entrepreneurs who live very hectic, difficult lives that are unpredictable. and. And, you know, you could be a millionaire one day and then lose everything and then be rich again. And how do you sort of keep an even keel through that? That's what Stoicism is about. Um, the three sort of prominent Stoics you don't really need to know this, but the prominent Stoics are Marcus Aurelius who is the emperor of Rome, the most powerful man on earth. Epictetus who was a teacher and a former slave. And then uh, Seneca who was one of the most powerful businessmen in Rome at the time. So you sort of Very few philosophies have the sort of chops there or the battles, the battle tested nature of, you know, coming from a, a man with limitless power, a man with no power, and then a man who, who is financially and business successful. Um, so to me, Stoicism then becomes the perfect philosophy, the perfect operating system for 2014 when we're trying to navigate the, this, this new world that we all live in.
0: Ryan, it seems like we all could use a little stoicism in our lives, especially as entrepreneurs. So. Yeah. And in fact, with every single Entrepreneur on Fire interview that I do and I follow, the similar flow that we're deviating from today, but one of my questions is always: you know, we live in this world of a roller coaster of emotions as entrepreneurs—the highest of highs, the lowest of lows. Like you said, you're a millionaire one day in Silicon Valley, you're penniless the next, and you know we always are striving for some semblance of a balance. And I always ask my guests, you know, what do they do to keep some semblance of a balance? And to be honest, their answers are usually lacking. But I love your answer here, and I love the focus on Stoicism. We love real life stories Ryan at entrepreneur on fire so give us one or two where you've actually used these principles in your life or career
1: yeah it's interesting you know i deliberately don't talk about my own experiences in the book because everyone's obstacles or difficult times are relative right, right. like i don't want to be in a position where i'm talking about you know, some breakup that I went through or some, you know, difficulty with an investor or, or whatever, or the time that, you know, my book didn't sell as well as I wanted. And then someone else is like, look, you know, I was born, uh, like my parents were homeless. I was put in an orphanage and I was discriminated against my whole life. Cause I, I don't want to say like, you know, everyone's obstacles fa- affect them differently. And we don't control which obstacles we face. Again, we just control what happens to us, but Um, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with something right now where, um, I I moved to Austin, Texas in, uh, August and in September I, I was, I was traveling, uh, for work and my home was broken into basically everything I owned was stolen. Uh, and the stuff that wasn't stolen was destroyed. Like my house was ransacked. It was, it was terrible. I, I had an, I had a, an engagement ring in a safe for my fiance that I hadn't told her about. Even that was stolen. Um, so it was like pretty much like the worst sort of personal violation of your space that you can happen. Um, and then nothing, right? Like you have to come back, you have to rebuild and you have to decide, like, is this a thing that's going to wreck me? And am I, am I going to become paranoid? Am I going to, um, become suspicious of other people? Um, am I going to try to, am I going to pretend that this didn't happen and not take responsibility for it? Am I going to be angry? Um, and you know, it's sort of, is, is coming to, um, uh, an interesting resolution. Now, like they, kn- I was really upset about it at first. Right. You know, like if I ever saw this person, like, I don't know what <laughs> I would do. Um, and because it, you know, it, it ruined, it, it could have like, you could, in the moment you feel like it ruined your life, you know? Um, and then, uh, you know, I was, I actually, I was, I, I had to go to the police station yesterday because they, they now have a suspect. Um, they, they found fingerprints in the house and it's a 16 year old kid. Uh, that did it, a 16-year-old kid and his friend, and it, it makes you, now you have another opportunity, like, what do you think of this person? Does it make you hate them? Does it make you hate people like them? Um, do you want to press charges? Do you, um, or, you know, what I say in the book is, uh, like, what I base the book on is this quote, is the idea of what stands in the way becomes the way. Um, uh, what, the the impediment to action uh, advances action what stands in the way becomes the way. You know, I want to think about What I can learn from this situation? How can I leave? How can I leave it um, being less uh, materialistic? Right? How can I leave it being more responsible as an adult rather than like, you know, not setting the alarm when I leave the house to go out of town because I was being lazy? And how can I handle stressful, negative situations better instead of, you know, being angry and taking it out on people around me? Um, and then finally, when someone wrongs you or inflicts some sort of pain or difficulty on you, how can you use that as an opportunity to become a better person and to be, um, you know, whether it's more fair or generous or just, or whatever the situation calls for, how can you use the things in life that happen to you that you maybe wish didn't happen to you, but ultimately turn them into some opportunity for growth. And that's, That When this stuff happens to me, as it happens to everyone, I try to remember that quote always. I actually have it tattooed in my arm. Um, And I, I try to think about that. And I try to get better and improve from everything that happens to me.
0: What stands in the way becomes the way, Fire Nation. I mean... Ryan believes strongly enough in this quote that he had it tattooed on his arm, so it's at least worth you absorbing and really giving some deep insight and thought to. And Ryan, we're going to take a quick second to thank our sponsors. When I want to learn something, Fire Nation, I want to learn it now. Do you ever feel that way? Sometimes searching the internet for a how-do-I-blank can be exhausting, frustrating, and very time consuming. An hour later, instead of having found your answer and being on to the next step already, you realize you're still searching. Stop the madness. This is something I used to do all the time until I found I could have access to thousands of video courses taught by industry experts that covered every program I could ever imagine from start to finish. Even better, I can start at the beginning of a course and watch it from start to finish, or I can hop around if I'm looking for a specific lesson on a feature or a section. It's called lynda.com, and I've worked out a special deal with them to get you access to their entire video course library. Visit lynda.com slash E-O-F to try lynda.com for free for seven days. That's lynda.com/ acom slash E-O-F. Are you one of those knee-jerk reaction types where the phone rings, you're so programmed to pick it up that you don't even bother to look at who's calling you? Well, this can sometimes be a dangerous game to play. There has to be a certain percent of those calls that end up catching you way off guard. Either you weren't ready for the conversation, or you didn't have your pitch ready, and now you're so mad at yourself for picking up the phone because now you're... On the line. With evoice, you don't have to worry about not being prepared for a phone call because every time someone calls you, you can just let it go to voicemail. You'll get an email transcript set to your inbox immediately. See why this could be a great thing for you? You'll actually be able to prep before you return the call. Evoice is giving Fire Nation five dollars off per month forever, on top of their 30-day free trial. So just go to evoice.com, enter promo code FIRE. That makes evoice under eight bucks a month. Evoice.com promo code fire so Ryan it really seems like this book is super relevant for the younger generation today because we're dealing with high unemployment we're dealing with student loan debt that just keeps piling on what advice would you give to this generation other than read my book
1: sure um, you know I think I think part of the problem is we all expected and I am in that generation so I know it a little pretty
0: entitled. Well.
1: Right. My friend, you know, my friends are there, too. And I saw them graduate from college and then move back home with their parents. Right. Because no one offered them the perfect job that they wanted or they didn't get paid enough or they hadn't found their passion yet. And all (laughs) those things are important. But so is just getting up every day and working and starting from a less than perfect place and working it to where you want it to be instead of expecting someone to hand it to you. There's a line I quote in the book that I think is really great. Andrew Carnegie says that, you know, young people's first job should introduce them to the broom. And he means like you should learn how to sweep floors like you got to start at the bottom. It's actually a good thing. And so I think a lot of people in the millennial generation Because they just spent so much money on college, they had their parents telling them how amazing they were. And then they turn on Facebook and they see how, you know, they see their friends vacationing and doing all this awesome stuff. You got to throw all that out of your mind and focus on you and what you can do right now and how you can get started. And I think that that idea of just accepting like, look, this is my situation. It's not what I would choose, but I'm going to make the best of it. It's ultimately where success comes from. It does not come from waiting for your platonic ideal of a starting point.
0: We can always go back to Steven Pressfield and his great book, Do the Work. Three powerful words, right, Ryan?
1: Right. No, totally. That's a, that's a, that's a great connection.
0: Ryan, you broke this book up into three sections, which I found pretty interesting. So, Can you talk to us, talk to Fire Nation now about why you organize a book in this manner?
1: Yeah sure so it's three sections the first is our perceptions so um the stoics believe that there was no such thing as good or bad there was just our perceptions just what we told ourselves so it's like hey i got fired that's an objective reality you decide to say and now my world is ending right you decide that that means uh i'm i'm totally screwed and so the first half is about controlling those perceptions so we don't make our problems worse it's about how we control our emotions, it's about how we uh manipulate our perspective to give us the the, the best way to find and, and take advantage of opportunities. Um it's about how we sort of regulate our nerves and our our anxieties. Then the next section is is our actions, right? Because it doesn't just it's not just how you see a problem, it's ultimately, you know, what you do about the problem that matters. Um and, uh, so I start with, you know, like stories about getting started, about thinking about and behaving in creative, strategic ways rather than, you know, attacking every problem head on. Sometimes, uh, it doesn't matter how, how hard you throw yourself at a brick wall, uh, you're not breaking through and you got to figure out a way to, to use energy or force against it that's, that's bigger than you. So that the second section is action and it's also about, you know, Acting fairly and honestly and honorably, which is which is another sort of stoic virtue. And then the last part is will, and I think we understand will in the in the sense of willpower, but also that idea of assenting or accepting that bad things are going to happen to us, and we have to have strength to endure them. But we also have to understand that you know within them might be some silver lining. So I, I talk about. This one of my favorite stories in the book is the story of Thomas Edison who at, at age sixty seven his laboratory burns to the ground and it's totally uninsured because it was supposed to be fireproof and um, you know he he gets the call he goes to the building and he finds his son just sort of shell shocked standing in front of it and and Edison goes like you know son like I want you to go get your mother and all her friends because we're never going to see a fire like this again and. It's a pretty stunning reaction. Like, instead of being heartbroken over this, he, the fire invigorates Edison. He tells a reporter, like, the next day he says, like, oh, I've been through this before. It helps uh, from afflicting a man with Inuit. And basically, he gets excited. And then, you know, within six months, the factory's back up and running better than it ever has been before. Because instead of bemoaning his fate, he embraced it and and took energy and excitement from it and that's that's what uh the 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 final section is it's sort of a, a a a piece that connects the previous two sections together and it gives you this framework ultimately for deriving some benefit from pretty much every single thing that could ever happen to you.
0: Ryan, so many powerful takeaways from that one story that you just shared which is The shining example as to why I love Robert Green books, because he tells those stories so eloquently and he always pulls out those golden nuggets. And that's why I love the direction that you've taken with the obstacle is the way, because it is one way that we as Fire Nation can just resonate with in an incredible way. So, Ryan, we've taken up now about 30 minutes of your incredibly valuable time, and I thank you for that. So leave Fire Nation with one parting piece of guidance, share the best way that we can connect with you and then we'll say goodbye.
1: Okay, um, parting guidance. I, I mean, I think this quote is something like, I, I'm not trying to brag about my own work here, right? This is, a, <laughs> an, this is another quote from someone else that I think you know is, is, is worth thinking about in every situation. You know, the impediment to action advances action. What stands in the way becomes the way. And ask yourself what situation in your life does applying that way of thinking not make you better, more resilient, more generous, more patient, more flexible? You know, tell me what it doesn't help, because right now I can't think of a single situation that it doesn't improve and add value to. And, um, you know, that's why I spent I didn't have to write this book. I wrote it because that quote has had real meaning to me in my life and I wanted to share it with people.
0: Ryan, I love when themes develop within Entrepreneur on Fire episodes. That is definitely the theme. So thank you for sharing that. And Fire Nation is well aware. They can find the links to everything that we've been talking about. Of course, Ryan's book at eofire.com. Just type Ryan in the search bar and his show notes page for both his first and next interview, this one, will pop right up. And Ryan, thank you for being so generous with your time, your expertise, and experience. Fire Nation salutes you, and we'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Thank you, and and congrats on all your success as well.
0: Thanks, Ryan. It means a lot, man. Fire Nation, are you worried you'll never find the right platform to create your own website? I know, searching for the best designs, a user-friendly interface, and top-notch support is tough. But with Squarespace, you'll get all these things. Their support team is even available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your professional website. For a free trial and 10% off, go to squarespace.com, use offer code FIRE.